Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Coronavirus blues. Radio. Got the coronavirus blues. Welcome to the Koi Pond and Water Garden Podcast. Yeah. A podcast for the aquatically obsessed. With your host, Mike Gannon, the Pond Hunter. In pursuit of all things aquatic, bringing you koi pond and water garden advice straight from the field. The show starts now. Yeah, man. Hey, welcome to the koi pond water garden podcast. This is episode 68. And I'm your host, Mike Gannon. I'm a pond professional with a bit over 25 years now working out there in the field. And in this podcast, I try to bring you feedback, observations, tips, tricks, and methods that I've seen and used successfully in the pursuit of pond keeping excellence. I give you the best information I can based on working with koi ponds, water gardens, and water features on a daily basis for the last quarter of a century. By the way, my company is New Jersey-based full-service aquatics. We design, install, and provide services for koi ponds, water gardens, and water features of every type and size. You can check us out at fullserviceaquatics.com. So in this episode, we're going to talk about predators. This predator, to- predator topic will not include Chris Hansen, TV cameras, police, or me jumping out of a bush, confronting deeply disturbed people. Now, this predator topic is going to be more along the lines of me jumping out of a biofalls and confronting great blue herons. Scary job, for sure. When I'm doing consultations for those who are considering having a koi pond, goldfish pond, or any type of pond in their lives, a very common question I get is the predator question. Will predators kill and eat our fish? It's a good question. It's a complex issue. There's no clear answer. However, if I was to gaze into a magic eight ball, I'm sure the answer would be, it is decidedly so. Not for every pond keeper, of course. And of course, there are many things you can do to make that magic eight ball answer come up as very doubtful. This show is brought to you by Magic Eight Ball. Thank you, Magic Eight Ball. Imagine if I actually brought a magic eight ball with me on pond consultations, sit down with the client, pull out an eight ball, pop it right on the table and begin answering questions. Magic eight ball, (laughs) magic eight ball. I should say I could sit down with the client and pull out the magic eight ball and start answering questions. The other eight ball would take all night. Answers would be way too long. We'd accomplish nothing but extreme guilt. Nope. Predators. Will my pond get predators? So let's get back on rail here. No pun intended. So my philosophy is that every pond at some point or another is going to get a 
visitor and it's going to be a predator at some point or another. Ponds are long-term installations. I just feel statistically speaking, a predator will likely show up. But don't worry, there's lots you can do about it. You're already doing something by listening to this podcast, right? You're already on the right track. No pun intended. Again, there are many different types of predators that could potentially end up at your pond. Some really bad, some moderately bad. They come in all different shapes and sizes. Some slither into your pond, some fly, some crawl or wade or jump in, some grab from the surface. Predators will vary by the region that you live in as well. The Northwest U.S. is not dealing with all the same predators that the English countryside is or that South Africa or the Philippines is dealing with or New Jersey. But really, New Jersey does not have to worry about pelicans, for example, grabbing our fish. New Jersey has to worry about mink. New Mexico does not have to worry about mink causing issues with their ponds. So they're, they're regional problems. You know, we all got our problems. And to make the issue more complex, there's no one thing, there's no one silver bullet or particular deterrent that keeps predators away. It will always be a multi-level approach to deterrence because it is a multi-level approach to predation. And I think any type of deterrent that you use, if it works even one time, then it was a worthwhile investment. But you have to dial in your deterrence a bit. You have, you have more than one predator making your backyard the local sushi joint. That's not what we're going for here. I've had clients contract us to create ponds for all sorts of reasons, but I have yet to hear anyone want a pond so they can provide sushi to the local neighborhood wildlife. That'd be stupid. So what kind of predators are we talking about here? I'm going to go down a list of predators that you may encounter, depending on where you are listening from. Types of predators, least likely, smallest threat, and the honorable mention would be the dragonfly. Dragonfly actually is a predator. So, I mean, again, it's the least likely. It's the smallest threat. I'm just giving it an honorable mention because I like dragonflies. I like their gumption. I like the fact that they're literally going out there trying to try, trying to get fish. And when I do talk about fish, dragonfly are going to take little tiny baby fish. So, um, again, not a big deal. But you do have your very typical ground-dwelling suspects, raccoon. You know, one of the things with raccoon, I, I think they get a little bit of a bad rap. They definitely can be a predator. I think they're um, given a little more hype than they need to. Raccoon tend to be kind of lazy. If they can knock over a garbage can, it's a lot easier than going into your pond and trying to catch a fish, which is going to be on the other side of the pond from the raccoon. You can tell when you have a raccoon also because the raccoon tend to eat their on site. They don't take the fish and, and leave site to go eat it. They eat it right there. They are usually eating the soft parts, the stomach and the intestines and the tissues. So it's like they kind of eat out that whole area, but they leave the spine and the head. They don't eat the harder parts of the fish. So you can kind of tell if you have a raccoon issue. Raccoon are going to be more of an issue with very shallow, you know, for example, Home Depot shells, the, those kind of ponds, those kind of things. Um, I actually saw rec, uh, while, while kind of doing a little 
research research on this. I saw possum listed. I've I've never heard of possum cause, causing it a problem. Um, muskrat, muskrat can definitely be an issue. Um, they do take the fish away from site. Actually, they they probably would eat it on site if if need be, but they'll generally drag it away. So muskrat could be a problem. Feral cats. I've gotten feedback regarding cats. That's another thing. You know, I don't think the, for example, American domestic cat or house cats are really much on predation of our koi and goldfish. Um, I do think more when we're talking about feral populations and areas, um, maybe, you know, different parts of the world where cats are a different type of issue. Yes, perhaps those are going to be an issue then, but generally speaking, I'm not too worried about cats, large cats, maybe those bear. Yeah. Bear could be an issue. Snakes can be predators. Um, some threats come from the water, like the snapping turtle frogs from the sky. We have egrets, we have herons, we have hawks, pelicans, cormorant, kingfisher. The birds are badasses. Egret is a big bird. Um, those are going to wade into your pond. They generally won't like splash down in a pond the way like a duck will, for example. Um, herons too. The blue heron, the great blue heron, that is an apex predator here in North America. The range is pretty much everywhere. Um, even though they have something of a protected status, I think in most states they, they seem to be all over the place. I see herons on every street corner. When it comes to hawks, I guess it depends on where you live. You know, in my area, we have red-tailed hawks. We have falcon, peregrine falcon. I have bald eagle in my area. You know, any of those would come down and snatch up a fish, I'm sure. But I don't have to worry about pelicans. I'm located in northeast U.S. and New Jersey. Pelicans um, are going to cause an issue in other areas. Or alligators or those kind of predators. Cormorant. Cormorant can be devastating. Holy cow. I saw a cormorant video of um, one of them taking down fish. They will, they will clear out a goldfish pond. I'll tell you that. Um, there's kingfishers. Of course, your region may have predators that I'm not aware of. There's so many different predators. The top three in my book, the heavy hitters, the top three that have their photos up on the wall as eating champions at every backyard sushi joint would be the otter, the American mink, and the great blue heron. If you're dealing with those predators, those are, they can be pretty devastating, right? Especially mink, especially otter. I mean, all of them, really. And now that I have you nice and scared, how many of you have gone to check on your pond already? There's a good chance a heron is at your pond right now. Go check. I'll wait. Okay. Let's talk about what to do while that listener goes to check on the pond. Number one thing, just be informed like what you're doing right now. There are things you can do when planning a pond. If you go by my philosophy of every pond will eventually get visited by a predator, and it will, then you should plan to keep your fish safe while planning your actual pond. So some things I suggest uh, as far as the planning process would be place the pond close to your house. Humans are the biggest deterrent to predators. All of them run when confronted with a human, except maybe a bear or a large cat. But even them, they're typically going to run. The human presence is the last thing a pond predator wants to see or be around. So keep your feature close to your home. 
Don't have it in some private area where you can't see it. There are numerous other benefits to, to a closer placement to a home and outdoor living area. But since we're on the topic of predator control, this is a very powerful one. Many of the predators are pretty bold, like the mink, like the great blue heron, but they're also super hesitant to come into areas of human activity. So keep your pond close to the house. When building your pond, try to have some edges that just go straight down to the bottom of your pond. Reduce the shelves when you're worried about um, predators and reduce access areas that predators may use. This can be very effective with predators such as herons. Fish caves, great idea. They can be built right into your pond. When my company, Full Service Aquatics, is building ponds, we create fish caves as a standard. That's a standard part of our construction. It's not an upgrade. Our intention is to build a pond that is safe for fish keeping, especially when that is the express reason for the pond. A koi pond that does not have fish caves is like a fish, is like keeping fish in a barrel for predators. Fish caves allow for our livestock peer within the pond if they feel threatened. It has other benefits as well for fish. Fish love caves for all sorts of reasons, but as a predator control, they're fantastic. It's not a deterrent, but it's a control. Aeration can be strategically used to obscure visibility in the pond, making it difficult for predators such as the flying ones to get a look at what type of sushi specials your backyard sushi joint is offering today. When you're not viewing your pond, turn on the extra aeration and really agitate the surface of the pond. You'll be protecting your stock as well as adding extra oxygen into the water, which has lots of other benefits as well. It's kind of a win-win. Edges can be built in a way um, that will impede or obstruct access to your pond for several types of predators. Strategic plantings around the pond can really limit a predator's ability to get in and do damage to your koi and goldfish. There's a lot you can do with construction of a pond to make it more successful. Plan for predators instead of reacting to predators. If your pond is built already and you now do need to react, there are many options for you to consider for predator controls and deterrence. The very first thing is to try to determine the type of predator you have. If you can narrow it down or know exactly what you're dealing with, it will make your defensive approach a lot easier. There may be only certain times of the year that a particular predator, predator may be an issue, and that can be a big clue as to who you are or are not dealing with. When herons are raising baby chicks, that demands a lot of food. That's when herons are hitting backyard ponds hardest. Otherwise, I think a lot of times they'll stick to natural waterways. But when you got a nest full of chicks at home screaming for food, they're just working the whole area all day. When minks are raising their pups, you know, like those kind of things, knowing when those are happening um, can kind of help you narrow down figuring out who it is. And you know what? In the day of ubiquitous and cheap video camera technologies, I would suggest putting a camera on your pond, getting a camera set up will cost about the same as replacing a fish and a lot less than replacing a 
a collection of fish. Less heartbreaking, too. If you can catch them on camera, you'll know how to deter the scoundrel who's eating from your pond. If you don't get a camera, then you can do it the old-fashioned way. Examine the crime scene. Sometimes you can tell which predator it is by the evidence left behind. Like we talked about earlier, some predators will leave obvious indicators who it is. If you know who it is, you can use specific deterrents for that particular predator. How they eat. Is the fish there? Are fish just disappearing? Are there um, wet areas? Are there footprints? You know, there's a lot of stuff, a lot of clues. And you can choose your deterrent, your deterrent of choice. Okay, so what deterrents? What are these deterrents that we're speaking of? What is a deterrent? A deterrent is a noun. It's a thing that is intended to discourage someone from doing something. That's the definition of it (laughs) by Google. It seems so vague, a thing intended to discourage someone from doing something. Um, So we intend to discourage predators from eating our dang fish. That's the something. Stop eating my fish. Let's get into deterrence. Let's Let's deter some shit here. Again, my philosophy is that Deterrence have to be happening on a multi-level approach. There is no silver bullet deterrent. Use the combination that suits you best, or rather best suited to the predator. Like don't use fishing line if it's an otter issue. Don't use squirters if it's a hawk, and don't use shadow cutouts if it's a bullfrog. Know what I'm saying? Um, Focus your methods, get it dialed. So I'm gonna go down a list of deterrents, in no particular order of importance nor effectiveness. I'm just listing them in the hopes that one of them might work for you. Here goes. Um, I'll give a little feedback too. I'll give a little feedback on, on each one. So we'll start with some obvious ones being humans and dogs. Humans and dogs are highly effective deterrents. So if you could keep a human in your yard, try that. There are not many pond predators that will make a pass at our fish while we are out at our ponds and being in the yard generally. Maybe the kids are just out there playing. Or if dogs are in the yard. Human and canine presence is the most highly, highly effective deterrent, not highly convenient. It requires us to be there. Um, I miss many get-togethers and events during heron season here in New Jersey while I stand in my yard. I got to do what I got to do. And my kids will have other birthdays. But another very good reason to get out by the pond is just to live the pond-keeping lifestyle. So another thing is decoys. Decoys are good deterrents. Some are real good. Some are just okay. Some are not great at all. Um, The artificial great blue heron is probably the most popular decoy on the market. The theory is that herons are solitary hunters. And if they see another heron already at a pond, then they will just move along. Under certain circumstances, that may be true. Under other circumstances, the decoy, just like it's used with other other waterfowl, may attract a heron during mating season. So if you're using the great blue heron decoy, make sure you are in rhythm with their mating cycles. Admittedly, weird way to live your life, but do it for your fish. People will understand. Psycho. So the decoys can work, and if it works once, it's worth it. There are other decoys that can be effective too and likely will not attract 
more of the same type. For example, the alligator decoy that floats around the pond. A hippo decoy, because who would like to F with a hippo? By the way, all the decoys are made to a smaller scale. (laughs) You're not going to have a full-scale heron or hippo head or alligator in or around the pond. Um, There's a swan decoy, which actually I think is very effective if if your pond is a bit larger. Swans are nasty, territorial, completely psycho. I I don't recommend a swan decoy in your four by six goldfish pond. It'll look like one of those water park rides. That could be bad. Um, But on a big pond, bigger applications, they can be really, really effective. There are decoy owls too. Now that would be good for a little four by six pond. Even a decoy duck might help. Who knows? Maybe mink are scared of ducks. Probably not. Mink probably kill ducks. Uh, There's a pretty realistic decoy that I've seen. It's of a snarling coyote. (laughs) Um, And what predator take the chance to find out if that is real or not? It's it's almost life-size. It really looks pretty realistic. I think those can be very effective. But again, be careful of the applications for it. A larger pond would be better than having a snarling coyote decoy next to your cute little goldfish pond. Also in the decoy class, there are those shadow cutouts too. The classic ones are Bigfoot, um, the, the cowboy cutout. You know, those are, I think most people have seen those at some point or another. You know what I'm talking about. And I'm not suggesting those particular ones. I don't know that Bigfoot is going to keep away great blue herons. But they do have cutouts of German Shepherd, coyotes, um, men, humans. Dot your yard with a couple of those and see if that heron wants to find out if what appears to be the outline of a coyote really is one. There are the miscellaneous floating eyes, reflective tape approaches. You could consider those. There are the squirting mechanisms like the scarecrow. These are motion-activated did I say scarecrow? Scarecrow. Those are motion activated. And they direct a blast of water, whatever sets it off. Hopefully the heron, oftentimes the pond guy. There are motion activated um, or permanent ultrasonic mechanisms that emit a high frequency blast to keep predators away. Oftentimes those are used in rodent and other types of pest control. There's others that give off sounds and calls of bigger predators, screeching, howling noises. Very funny. I had one of those set up. It was pretty hilarious. Just crazy sounds coming from it. Um, (laughs) And it actually worked great as a neighbor deterrent, believe it or not. So keep that one up your sleeve. There are sonic cannons that give off a boom to scare away birds and neighbors, and whatever else, if your problem is bad enough, that, by, that would probably be more of a method for larger applications. And that's something that, you know, we stole from the wine industry and agriculture, where birds cause problems in the field. They have these sonic booms, these sonic cannons, and all the birds go flying away. It's pretty cool. Um, another method from koi breeders and farmers is the old fishing line routine. I use a 50-pound test clear nylon fishing line with really good success. What we will do is we'll place a perimeter of fishing line at about 12 inches high and then 24 inches high. 
going around. And if it's really bad, we create a grid to crisscross the pond with about 20 inch spacing. So you're creating 20 inch squares out of your fishing line above the pond. That's a pretty bird specific method. It won't stop mink or otter, for example, at all. Um, but that's great for birds and herons and stuff like that. You can dye your water. You can turn your water black. You can turn your water blue. So predators literally cannot see your fish. Neither can you. You can add PVC pipes, pieces of culvert pipe, clay pots, drop-in koi castles, and drop-in koi tunnels. You can do those kind of things just to give your fish somewhere to go. And there's always netting the pond which is very effective for a broad spectrum of predators. Still not 100%, but pretty damn good. The worst thing about it would be just how it looks. But sometimes it can be done kind of tastefully. I've seen it done. You can try your luck at trapping whichever predator ails you. Good luck with that. Bear or heron, trapping is difficult, but when it works, it works, and you relocate your predator far, far away. A mile is not far enough. Take them for a ride. So trapping is possible. There's always guns, BB gun, pellet gun, paintball gun for that pink heron look or gun of your choice. I'll just leave that there. I'm not saying shoot anything. Even a shot in the air will get rid of them temporarily. A shot somewhere else may have more lasting effects. And it depends on the predator. If it's a dragonfly, just grab a fly swatter, right? Use what's appropriate. If it's a mink, pew. I saved my favorite deterrent for last. I've tried just about everything we've talked about to a degree of success or failure. My favorite method is using an outdoor radio tuned to a talk radio station. I use my outdoor radio tuned into a news channel. No music or anything like that. You want a station with humans just chatting away. Many predators are pretty bold, like we said, um, pretty smart also and typically very careful about their hunting and predatory actions around our ponds when these predators hear the chatter of human voices around the pond they are much less likely to enter that area the heron and the mink alike will be much more likely to pass up a meal than to take the chance of going into an area where they can hear but not see humans that would be incredibly risky behavior for a predator Predators work on risk-reward basis, and the risk is not worth the reward. Tune into that talk station. Play it by the pond. You'll get results. And again, there's not one method that works. Find the combination that works for you. There's lots of options. And I thank all of you guys for tuning in and spending some time with me. This is the Koi Pond Water Garden Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Gannon. I appreciate being here with you guys to talk about all things aquatic my company is Full Service Aquatics, and we're based out of Summit, New Jersey. We take on projects just about anywhere. If you have a project you're considering, if you need some advice, if you want to just say, hey, give me a call, 908-277-6000. We can talk about anything you want. As always, let me encourage you to please get to lo know your local pond professional. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably have a water feature, a koi pond water garden of some type in your life. Getting to know your local Palm Pro can really make your life a lot easier. And they're wonderful people. You want them over all the time. All the time. Reach out. Get them on speed dial. If you can't find someone, I'm happy to hook you up. Reach out. Give me a try. 
support your local palm pros. You can find more of the Koi Pond Water Garden podcast on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, iTunes. My website is fullserviceaquatics.com or loveyourpond.com. You can find me there. Be good to each other, everybody. Stay healthy in this crazy, wacky world that we're all making our way through right now. Be careful out there. I want you guys to all be healthy and safe and be able to enjoy the simple things in life, like having a pond in your backyard. If you enjoy this podcast, please share this. Let others know. I need your help to keep content like this coming out. Keep it pondy, everybody. And I will see you next time, for sure, on the Koi Pond Water Garden Podcast. And um, again, I'm Mike Gannon. We'll see you next time. You have been listening to the Pond Hunter Radio Broadcast on Blog Talk Radio with your host, Mike Gannon, the Pond Hunter. In the pursuit of all things aquatic, broadcasting Wednesday nights on Blog Talk Radio, the Pond Hunter, keeping it pondy for the aquatically obsessed. That's right, everybody. Be good, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for sticking around. Peace. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.